Welcome to the Dag Hewitt Mills Podcast. Dag Hewitt Mills Podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Hewitt Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Hewitt Mills. This Saturday's Mackinac message is the opening session from the 2016 camp, Let My People Go, preached to shepherds in Memphis in the USA. Pharaoh is a type of Satan whose main aim is to keep God's children bound from serving him. In today's message, Bishop Dag will expose key strategies of Pharaoh and how they can be dealt with and overcome by the Spirit. Today's teaching contains specific keys for lay ministers who are balancing the work of God with working for Pharaoh. Allow Bishop Dag to encourage you to be wise in your dealings with Pharaoh and enjoy practical wisdom that he will share that will lead you to triumph over the enemy to be an effective minister for God. I'm so excited to be here with you. I I have desired to be with you. Um, last year, last year we were coming and we were held up. Prevented from coming I believe It was all in the hand of God The will of God So Once again sorry for not Being able to come at the time But The Lord has made it possible for us to come At this time this time to the, the same thing almost happened <laughs> we were sitting on the we were, we were going to the airport and instead of the flight to leave at 10 o'clock they said the flight is delayed then we heard again that it's delayed again then we heard that it's leaving after midnight then when we got there we're waiting to board, waiting to board. Then finally we boarded British Airways. We're, we're sitting there, they closed the doors. And it said, we are taking off, we should turn off our phones. And the plane taxied 747. We taxied. Ooh. We got to the runway to take off. And we were there waiting to take off. Then the pilot said, no. He cannot go. Yeah. So he turned around and came back to park. He said that he feels that the plane is too heavy. Yeah. Maybe it was the anointing on the plane. Yeah. He said he cannot go. The plane is too heavy. Something that they've already decided to go. 
Yeah. He did a youth and came back. And then one of the, the whatever came to my chest explained that, you know, the plane is too heavy. So what they decided to do is that they have some freight on board. They decided that to save time, they are just going to remove the freight. And they leave everybody's luggage on and see whether the plane can go. So around 1 a.m., 2 a.m., we're now removing freight. Yes. But by the message of the Lord, we are here. Whatever wickedness Satan had planned was cancelled in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 60. This is a beautiful church. Very nice. We want to thank the people who have allowed us to come here. God bless you. Your life will never be the same after this meeting. Arise. Shine. For thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Amen. Arise and shine. For thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, there is a time that you are supposed to shine. And that time has come. All those who are not shining, from this camp onwards, you start shining. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that happens. So whenever you hear anything that is fantastic, make sure you shout. Make sure you shout and scream the loudest amen possible. So you you should tell the person sitting by you that honestly I, I, I don't want to be rude but I intend to scream amens about something that applies to me
I said you should tell the person something. The person that, I didn't say you should say amen. I said you should tell the person that I don't intend to be rude, but when something applies to me, I intend to scream amen. Second Peter chapter one verse twenty. Knowing this first. Now the screen person must be very good and fast. I don't know if you have a better person, but you need already there are signs that the person is not fast. <laughs> Knowing this first. Or even let's read verse 19. We also have a more sure word of prophecy. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in the dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. We have, you, you would even sometimes wonder um, why you should even write something like this do you see why should you write it why should you say we have a sure word of prophecy why should you bother to say something like that we have a sure word of prophecy because when sure words of prophecy are coming we can't see that they are sure words of prophecy. It doesn't sound like prophecy. Do you see? And then knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. You can see this that the scripture is prophecy. No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. This is the verse we used to teach that you can't make your own interpretation of the Bible. It's not of any no one has a private interpretation of the Bible. You see, but what we what we what we are not what we don't notice is that scripture is prophecy. It's called prophecy of the scripture. You see, so it's not just that no part of the scripture has a private interpretation, but the whole scripture is prophecy. But it is the parts you believe. The, the part of the Bible that you accept and you believe that works for you. You see, that's what I'm trying to explain. That it, the prophecy you believe that happens to you. But the whole thing is prophecy. That is the part of it that you accept and you believe that have an effect in your life. But it's not a, like parts are prophecy, parts are not prophecy. That's why he said earlier, we have the more sure word of prophecy. And, and not every prophecy is prefixed with, that says the Lord. Actually, the reason why I rarely say, there are some things I rarely say. There are some things I know, I know myself that I rarely say. For instance, I rarely tell somebody, you are my son. I would rather tell you that you are my friend. Than, than you are my son. You, you, you look and see, who do I call my son? So, if my sons are... It's, it's not a common thing to hear from me. But there are a lot of people that are my sons. But I may not say, you are my son. Or just 
try to show that I'm the father. You see? In the same way, the thing may be a prophecy, but you will not say, that says the Lord. It doesn't mean that it's not a prophecy. If, if I say come, it doesn't mean I'm not saying my son, come. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. The father doesn't say my son, come. Doesn't mean he's not saying my son should come. My son should come. But I may not start the sentence with my son, come. Yeah. And the same thing goes for all the scripture. Oh, it doesn't have to be thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. In fact, even in the prophets, they had different styles. Some of them will say, The burden of the Lord came unto me. And then if that says the Lord said, The burden, which is like the concern. I was concerned about something. Many times I prophesied about things by being concerned. Yes. So that's why he started in verse 9. He says that we have a more sure word of prophecy. And it's important to sort of notice when something is being said prophetically. Especially with the style that your prophet uses. Because when Naaman came to see Elisha, When Naaman came to see Elisha, Elisha, Naaman was angry. Naaman, Naaman was, Naaman was not happy. Is it okay? But we need the sound up on stage, you know. Naaman was not happy because Naaman was not happy because um, of the way Elisha ministered to him. It it didn't look powerful. It didn't look like a prophecy. I mean, if you are going to prophesy, come out, speak, say a word, say that, say the Lord, I see you are healed. I mean, this and that and that. And then after that, tell me to go and bath in the river. Do you understand? That is not what Elijah did. He sent his servant. Go and tell him to bath. That's the whole prophecy. And the prophecy you believe is the one that happens practically in your life. Amen. Are you there? So, you have to get used to the prophecies. Especially where it says... And the burden of the Lord, Mr. The Screen Man. You see, when I say something like the burden of the Lord, then you, 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 you find it and you put it on the screen to help. So you are, you are a helps minister. A help minister is somebody who helps whatever they are doing. It goes better. Okay? All right. We have a more sure word. And the fact that it doesn't start with, that says the Lord doesn't mean that it's not a prophecy. My, I was speaking to my wife a few minutes ago and she was telling me she's just coming from a conference with Reverend Eastwood. Some of you know him. And she said that, you know, he was introduced. I think some of our people are preaching at his program. And he was introduced and he said that, this is how he introduced, he said that, you know, some many years ago, God gave a prophetic word to Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills and Lighthouse. And that prophetic word was a loyalty. And most of the church did not respect it. 
and disregarded it. And today, most of the churches are reeling, the word is reeling, are reeling under the disloyalty and the confusion that it comes. Whilst Lighthouse is flourishing and prospering. So, but I've never, even I've never thought to myself, loyalty is a prophetic word. Have I ever said that said the Lord? Stage one is independent spirit. That said the Lord. Stage one is independent spirit. No. <laughs> but it was a sure word. And somebody is now saying that look, this thing it was a word. And people laugh at what is loyalty? What is loyalty? I've had pastors stamp my book. I've had pastors throw the book away. The loyalty is not something you teach. It's something that comes with the lifestyle. Wow. You see, in the year 2001, I came here and I was burdened with the word of the Lord. And I spoke about, I was burdened. If you listen to that camp, what is your life? Is the only camp that I've cried whilst I was talking. It must have been, I didn't, I, I didn't know why I was crying. The burden of the Lord. And it was all about debts. It was all about debts. Yes, it was a prophecy. We are in 2016, it's 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Just after the, I, I, own, I know that it's uh, two thousand one because it was just after September eleven, like one week after. There was there were soldiers with guns at every part of the airport, and they were selling Osama bin Laden toilet paper at Dallas airport. <laughs> They've written on the toilet paper, "Wipe Osama bin Laden out." Toilet toilet paper, piles of it. Do you understand? Do you use toilet paper in, in this section? You use toilet roll. Wow. And I, I spoke about debts and mortgages. And today, it is the number one thing that has killed the prosperity of all the people that have gone, almost everybody who's gone into it. We don't have anything. That's wipe out prosperity. Yeah. Because if you even look at the amount that you pay every month, you, you think about it that if we even take an offering, some of the amounts that are, one person was telling me because he pays, I mean, well over $5,000 every month as his mortgage, well over 5000 US dollars. And he's due to pay for years to come. We was talking about how to, whatever. Well, so if I was to do enough, oh, can we have two, two people can give $5,000? He could give every man, he's not even feeling, because he, apart from paying well over 5000 he's living, he eats, he drinks, he, he does other things. Buys fuel, does whatever. That's how much prosperity he was supposed to have. But to be humble, and so, so don't mind this man. You see, that so, come from Africa. You don't know what to say, whatever, and all that. And you watch them 
despise that's what the Bible said, despise not prophesying it's the same as saying, despise not preaching and I was saying, despise not prophesying it's the same as saying, despise not preaching yeah recently I went to a brother's house in America I went to visit a brother in America, all my stories are true when it's not true, I'll tell you that it's, it's not true. Or you know it's true, like if it's like there was a, a lion, the lion said to the monkey, those ones are not true. I mean, they just, it's just a story. <laughs> I went to a brother's house, you know, and then I told him when I was leaving, beautiful house, I told him that I'm happy to come here because you are one of the few people who believe that you can have a house without borrowing money. Yes. In America. And houses. Houses without borrowing money. You are one of the few people who believe. The rest, they look at you and laugh. That is why, if even I'm going to preach maybe in Panama, just here, many people cannot come there. But you, you should have been able to come easily. Pay your hotel, pay this, pay that. Or if I'm going here, so we are, we are going, our bishop is going somewhere. We are all going. Why not, Charlie? It's also an opportunity to go and blow time. You understand why I say blow time? Time is being blown. It means happiness, happiness. Yeah. So, I'm saying what I'm saying so that you take things a bit more seriously. Yes. He says, we have a more sure word. Ah, the person is working now. We have a more sure word of prophecy. (laughs) In other words, the preaching is sure. It's, It's not unsure. It's not like it won't happen. It happens. It happens, yes. And so you must believe more. If you listen to my preaching, you'll find out that apparently a lot of it was prophecy. (laughs) Yeah. Look, on Good Friday, we went to the Independence Square in Ghana. You know, we have squares in nations for like national events and the largest square in the world is Tiananmen Square and the second largest square is the Black Star Square in Ghana the second, that's the second largest square in the world yes it's really big you need to drive on it to see how long it is yeah and Years ago, I used to say, one day we'll go to a stadium, we'll go to a stadium for church. And this Good Friday, I mean, last year we did it, and this year too, we, we went again. And the whole place was full. The whole place was jam-packed, without, we couldn't get, every chair was finished in Accra. And people standing, everything. Yeah. So, when the president the president also the president also came when the president came when he finished he said he said to me you know the oh he had written 
it on his paper, you know, that he wanted. So it was something that he wanted to say, talking about the power of numbers. Then he told me as we were going down the stairs and we we're going to his car, he said, You have more than a hundred thousand people here. And he said, I was here on sixth of March. Sixth of March is a independence <laughs> independence day in Ghana. So you they go to the square. That's the square that is used for national events. And he said, I couldn't get even one sixth of the people that are here to attend to come and they all come. Everybody will come. Yeah. He told me as he was going to the car. I said, yeah. You know, you cannot get the people to come. <laughs> it's it's onaporific. Onaporific means that it, it's a word. It's a lighthouse word. It's not any language. It's not in any language. Onaporific means... Ah, that's it. That's the president right there. Yeah. A screen man is anointed. Onaporific, <laughs> like I say, horrific, terrific. Onaporific is like, it's you, you would never see something like that. Your life, like it's so amazing and wonderful. Uh, tell your tell your neighbor, it's not a foreign language; it's a lighthouse uh, language. Onaporific. The screen man should put it there, onaporific, so that we know the spelling. Yeah. Amazing. Are you listening? So, what I'm asking you, and this is just a percentage of the people, because many people didn't come to. They also said that this was a very afternoon, early in the afternoon. They said that you saw too many people. We cannot see. Yes, just a few people in a crowd. So, what I'm trying to explain to you is: try not to despise. You know, it is easy to despise your father. I don't know why it's easy. Because when I analyzed myself, I realized that there was a time I also despised my father, my biological father. Yes. It's something that I I, I pray about up to today because sometimes certain problems I have, I feel that it relates to that despisement. Yes. It worries me. Yeah, I say, hey, I despise. Because when you are despised, you don't necessarily say, I despise you. But your, your, the way you react and respond or do the opposite. 2001, when I left, several people, I know them by name, entered immediately into mortgages. After 2000, I know new mortgages. 2001, when I left, all day, this one entered, this one entered, this one entered, this one entered. Not that you don't have to go for it if you want to, fine. But supposing it's a word, it's a don't despise what you're. I mean, so what it is is like, don't despise that. Maybe think through, like go through it, and analyze it very, very, very carefully. If you analyze it very carefully, 
If you analyze it very carefully, you will never do it. If you analyze and understand what is happening to you, you if, if somebody says, I'm employing you, you say, you are employed, I have not intended to work for you. If he says, I'm tying your leg, you say, you are tying my leg. Why will you tie? So I'm tying for 15 years. And he says, never be sick. Never change your job. Meanwhile, the jobs are about to change. Everything is about to be unstable. And verse tells you, whatever you are buying, I'm multiplying by three. You pay three, four times. But you get only one. So why should I pay three times for my car and I get one car? I'm buying three cars. I've not intended to buy one. Just think through it very carefully. Whatever your father says, I tell you, when I look at my life, you see, the turning point of your life is when you despise your father. Is it wisdom 6 or 7? Proverbs 7. Yes. Proverbs 7. Verse 1. My son, keep my words. Huh? Keep my words. And lay up my commandments with thee. What's the next one? Verse 2. Keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of thine eye. Now you say, what law have you written? Bind them upon thy fingers and write them on the table. In other words, for something to get into your heart, you have to think about it. The reason why things don't go into our hearts is because we don't think about it deeply. If you analyze it very deeply. If I give you a drink, if I give you a drink, did I feel a drop of something falling on me? If I give you a drink, and I say, one third of the people who drink this, I'm going to give it to all three of you. One third of the people who drink this will die from this. Which one of the three? Stand up, three of you. One, two, three. <laughs> one third. One third, which means what? Who drink this will die. Which of you wants this? That is cigarettes, smoking. One third. One third. Do you think those who make cigarettes and smoking, do you think that that is how they advertise it? They put three people there and say, one, two, three. One will die out of the three. Do you think that's what they say? They don't say it that way. They say king size, tasker for men, life, whatever. They, they say something different. So when somebody says, don't smoke, you say, oh, Africa, you know we are. So many diseases are connected to smoke. They are, do you smoke? Do you drink? Many cancers, well, most cancers, heart disease, hypertension, water, most of them are connected to heart. They are all connected. Smoking, drinking, two things if it's not there. It's standard. Huh? Two most dangerous kings. Yeah. 
uh, drinking and smoking like two kings who are dangerous king king of smoke and king of drink drinking smoking <laughs> do you think they, they 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 advertise it that way one of you will die of the three of you when you drink this and three of you are going to drink you will fight and run away from it and if I tell you I'm tying your leg you will never be free <laughs> for the next 20 years and, it, and if they tell you 30 <laughs> or if they, want, if they were to tell you the truth in the bank no, you see, the reason why I'm talking about this is because it's a very clear area where people, it's like you despise the prophecy. So it's a good, it's a good way to start. Listen, if they tell you that 70% of the people who sign, let's say the bank manager is signing, you know, but they don't tell you, you know, one day I was, I was talking to a, a Chinese man from Hong Kong and, and a bank and I told him the truth about what he was saying. He said, "I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to uh, advise customers. <laughs> I can't tell you the truth. I mean, it's like, my work is to say this, not to advise you. But what you are saying is true. Seventy percent of those who sign it don't finish. If they tell you that, if they tell you that seventy percent of those who sign this thing never finish paying for the house that they are buying. A, a, a bank manager from HSBC told me." Seven and they lose it. Seventy percent of them don't finish it. If they say sign, sign, sign right, sign right here. It's your own house. It's all whatever. And seventy percent they'll never finish it. Seventy percent is like many are called. The majority are called. Will you sign it? So one third of you will die from this. Seventy percent will never finish. You see. But that's not how Satan advertises himself. He advertises himself different because he's a master of deception. Yes. Seven, recently, was it uh, last year? I was with these people working with the bank, work at the bank, work, one was a stock, whatever. And they told me, yeah, yeah. Then there were two, two all, all financial people. And they had two different opinions. The one was saying, look, the manager at the bank. He doesn't have a mortgage. He doesn't have it. He said, no, he doesn't. Yes. And the richest people, they don't owe money. Rich people, real, not this type of show. And I was reading, you know, in, on the plane, I was coming, in the Daily Mail newspaper from England. They were talking about building houses. They said, they, they did a survey. They said, oh, now, this percentage, UK uh, home buyers and homeowners, the larger percentage are are more interested in relaxation than showing off when they are buying houses. Listen to it too. They're more interested, like say they want to have maybe a balcony in their house or a room for something than showing off. Showing off means like the sitting room, show a a pool which you don't swim in, a badminton court you don't play, whatever that you don't use, like all those things that are impressive that you don't even go there. Jacuzzi you don't bath in. Never, you don't have time to bat in a jacuzzi like to sit down the tennis movie. Hey, <laughs> so he said that the UK house buyers are tending more towards 
and they said that a house with many rooms people are shifting away from they want a smaller cottage in the country rather than a house with a lot of rooms like a survey they've done yeah you see and most of the things is for showing up that's why we've gotten into all these things like when people come and say wow i like your house it's written in books so compliment people about their cars or their their houses and they will like you they will be happy <laughs> Tell them that their house is nice. Tell so I always tell people that their houses are nice when I go to their houses. And you must also always tell them. Yes. One, two, three. One of you will die when you drink this. Which of you will drink it? <laughs> they, do you think when they are selling, what are the popular Marlboro, what are the cigarettes you have here? What, what is it? Those of you who smoke, what, what are they? What are they? New pot. New pot. New pot. And what else? Tasca for men. They sell it here. Salem. 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 New Beth. Newbury. Kingston. Marlboro. Yeah. They tell you one third of you news you will die from what you are using. One thirty thirty-three percent. Would you would you take it? No. They cannot advertise it like that. As you are signing for your loans, they say that seventy percent of the people who sign this thing never finish. They lose the deposit, they lose the money, and all because by the time you lose it, you would have paid for maybe one and a half houses or two houses in terms of the money you put in <laughs> two. one and a half to two houses you have bought them from the amount you've paid only to give it up and when we are doing give fundraising or help to the work of God you'll be looking and say Bishop day is coming. You wait, Bishop. I'm good. I'm going to God will help me. You know, a good, a pastor. Well, no, no. I don't have a bad mind about bad people. When people don't give me, I feel they don't have. I don't think they are wicked. How can a wicked person be coming to church? He loves God. Travel all the way here. You have come to, to manifest wickedness. Are you listening? Yes. Sit down. Thank you for, for that. So, a more sure word, a more sure word, we have a more sure word. So, don't expect to hear that says the Lord. Yeah, don't expect to hear that says the Lord. Turn back to Isaiah 60. Now, Isaiah 60. Arise and shine for thy light has come. Amen. Arise and shine 
for thy light has come. So, there is a time when you start shining and that time is from now. Every, every person who has come to America or you are living here, you've been here for long or for short, this camp meeting marks the beginning of your shining. And the God that I'm serving, you know, some people preach that God is a God of a second chance. I don't agree with that. God is the God of the second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance, sixth chance, seventeenth chance. Receive your seventeenth chance to do well. Amen. Sit down, please. Arise and shine. For thy light has come. One of the things that worries us is our mistakes. Oh, yes. It it, it really affects you. You know, you sometimes feel, oh, I should have done this, or I should have. Everybody's life is like that. Do you understand? Even before you started making mistakes, when you were born, your father's mistakes are a burden to you. Because maybe you are the son of a thief. Or you are the son of a wicked woman. So you haven't even seen your own personal sins yet. And there's a problem. That is why the light is coming to make you shine. Amen. Yes. I want you to believe in the God you are serving. Yes. This is second chance. How do you limit God to two chances? The God that I'm serving is a God of more than 17 chances on the same thing. And that's why it says, arise and shine. It's like you are sitting down. It's like you are dejected. You are very concerned. Oh Lord, there is no hope. For what they are preaching, I can see why I am where I am. But that's why he says, get up. Get up. Arise. And shine. And shine. For thy light has come. Yes. Whatever is dark in your life, expect light to shine on it today. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Listen. The darkness of death is a dark life. It's like a tunnel that you don't know. When, when are we going to come out of this tunnel? Believe me, this camp marks the beginning of many divine escapes. And if you listen to what I'm saying in this camp meeting, and I want you to watch from the very beginning to the very end it's going to be marked by doors of escape yes it's going to be marked by doors when you see your door that's it you can even leave you can even leave after that you can leave you can say I have to go somewhere you can close because you've seen your exit door divine escapes are coming to you 
Sit down, please. You are standing up too much. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that is going to happen practically. Yes. Yeah. Like you, you, it's like saying, arise, get up. The car has come. The car is outside. Get up. Get up now. The car is come. The car has come. The car has come. The taxi has come. The bus is outside. What are you sitting now? Get up. So what will make you escape has arrived. Now, what is it that makes a person do well? What makes a person shine? It's light. Yes. Light. Light often stands for knowledge. Yes. Whenever you are in difficulty, look out for light. Amen. Sit down. All through my life, I have been looking for light when I am in darkness. Recently, when I finished preaching Wisdom 7. Listen, because I'm sharing with you, I'm your, I'm your pastor. So, you know, God, God, listen, God did not, God did not, God did not, um, God did not give us a situation where he would not help us. You know, when, when God is bringing something to your mind, believe. Believe and expect God is going to show you a way. I don't know whether marriage, business, your work, prosperity, you know. And when I was praying at the beginning, I prayed about spiritual diabetes. Spiritual diabetes is like, what is diabetes? It's like you eat sugar, okay? But the sugar and the sugar goes into your stomach and it is absorbed everything you eat is absorbed into your blood do you see and then it comes out into the urine and you wee wee it out okay but before it can come out into your urine within the blood it has to be absorbed into the meat you know like when you cut meat you see the meat uses sugar to move the meat of you, not the blood. So the thing has to come from the blood into the meat. Do you understand what I mean by the meat? Or tissues, whatever. But the meat, I'm talking about the meat. What takes it from the blood? So it's moving around your body. The whole head is covered with blood. That's why when you cut your blood comes out. Whole body is covered with blood and around all the meat and it's full of sugar. But what will let the sugar move from the blood into the meat to give the meat energy to keep moving? Do you see? That connection is not there, it's insulin. It's either not enough or it doesn't work. 
That's diabetes. So diabetes is having a lot of things, sugar. Everything you need is flowing around you, but it cannot enter where you need it. So when you are in America, which is like one of the richest countries in the world, you see that the money is flowing around. You see the cars are moving around. The houses are around. The money is everywhere, but it cannot enter to you the tissues, the meat. Hey! This come marks the end of financial diabetes and spiritual diabetes. God is giving you financial insulin and spiritual insulin. Yes. Sit down, sit down. So you see, when you come to America, you can see it's around. Everywhere. There's everything everywhere. Flowing, 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 flowing. But does it come out into you? It's going to start coming. Amen. And what is it that breaks that is to get the revelation they had about insulin and about the other drugs that they use for the other types of diabetes. You know, like light. Otherwise, everybody, before everybody had like, within five years, you'd be dead with diabetes. About five years, you are dead. The history of diabetes. Three to five years, you die. But now, you not die. You live a full life. Because light, light, knowledge, light wow, therefore you can arise you can live you can arise, you can live you can arise, you can live you can arise, you can live you You are rising you are living, you are living you are living, you are living you are living because what? light which is knowledge the doctors, they understand what I'm talking about doctors, is it not true? It's flowing around. That's why people with diabetes, when they go, one of the ways you can know you have diabetes is if you wee-wee and you see ants coming to the toilet. You come and say, what is an ant doing here? Wee-wee. Your wee-wee is sweet. Look, all the sugar that should have come to you has come out and other foreigners, I mean, others are enjoying it. The banks are chopping your sugar. Wow. So knowledge is light. The plague, which is a disease caused by a little bacteria, which is treated with penicillin, augmenting, ampicillin, whatever you call it, uh, wiped out one third of the known developed world at the time. One third of France, Switzerland, Germany, England, one third of the population was wiped out by this disease. Today, you just take <laughs> little drug, finish with it. And, and it is like something small. You know, now when I look back, because now you see, more people take me more seriously. People didn't take me seriously. My own people don't take me, didn't take me seriously. But now more people are taking it more seriously. 
one of the greatest revelation of prosperity for me is to not borrow nothing not even like a key like maybe a key of let's say financial the step of strategy nothing just not to borrow if you don't have you don't have you you buy the smaller one and the poorer one and be in it like that that is all <laughs> yes only that have turned lighthouse into a multi million dollar organization it's light yes but again because I don't preach it that says the Lord you may not know that it's a prophecy yeah but I'll tell you how that prophecy worked for me sit down it's a revelation what I'm about to tell you you know there are different ways that God speaks one of the ways is by using people like Pharaoh. What is Pharaoh? Pharaoh is a type of Satan. Pharaoh is a stubborn enemy. And that stubborn enemy brings out the will of God by blocking your exit and blocking your entrance to certain things. You must learn to interpret things that don't give up, things that don't yield things that don't bend to what you are trying to make them bend to. You must learn to interpret the hand of God guiding you. Why? Because God said to Moses, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Then he told him before he went that it wouldn't work. Like the mission I'm sending on will not be successful. Like you are going to fail. And it's my plan. Yes. Why says I have hardened his heart. I have hardened his heart. And sometimes the failure of things and the blockage of certain things is the way God is guiding you. Look, if Pharaoh hadn't said, if Pharaoh had said when he said, Let my people go. You see, that, look at that. The Lord hardened that. Like you've sent somebody to go and tell him, and you, you make the person say no. Because God wants him to say no. <laughs> God wants him to say no. God wants to block you there. Because before going, he wants to do signs and wonders. If he doesn't do the signs and wonders, it will be a different Bible even. <laughs> so he actually wants to block it. Watch out for things that are blocked in your life. You want to marry this person and maybe God has hardened his heart. Hey! God has hardened his heart against you. He doesn't like you anymore. Hmm? Instead of crying, you should recognize that eh, eh, maybe, maybe this is it, or maybe this is the guidance. This whole place is blocked up. Yes, that is how come I, that is, I, I didn't get into not borrowing by a divine understanding of it. 
I got into it by blockage. We went to the bank to borrow money. We went to borrow money. And the bank was Barclays Bank. Yes. And I sat myself in front of the manager at the headquarters of the Barclays Bank in Ghana. And I said, please, we want to borrow money to build this a church. And we made an appointment and everything. And he said, sorry, we do not give loans to churches for a number of reasons. One of them is we don't know if you can pay. Number two, if you don't pay, we cannot easily come and sell the church building. So I'm sorry. We cannot give. But now they, they, they're selling churches. You can Google churches for sale in America, in Memphis, everywhere. There are plenty for sale. <laughs> that blockage was God's hand guiding me into a life of not borrowing money. That was it. That was it. And today there are people sitting here. So many things in your life have been blocked. Can't you see? How long do you want to knock your head to see that this one, God has blocked this door? What else do you want? Like, sometimes we want only an angel to appear before you know God has spoken. Oh, we have been praying to see angels, praying to see so many things for a long time. If this is what you are going to wait for, you may, you, you may die before you see the angel. That's why when the, when the plane didn't move, I mean, I was sitting, I was sitting, I was, I was at the airport. The last time I was coming, I was at the airport with my bags, everything, sitting there waiting to board. And I, I, earlier, when it, when it came, I said, ah, this sounds unusual. What is happening? What is happening? I said, ah, this plane, even this time when we're coming, I said, hey, it's, maybe it's happening again. You know? So I even tried to see if I can get an alternative flight in the evening. Because I suspected that maybe this thing is coming again. And when we got, when we started taxiing, we got there, take off. No, the jumbo is too heavy. And you know, let me ask you: How do you know? How do you know that it's too heavy over there? Why couldn't you see that it's too heavy, based on the documents you've signed and the weight and everything that you are carrying? Is it when you taxi to the front of the runway, you are about to take off at midnight already somehow that you now see that it's too heavy and you feel that when you take off, you may not be able to continue going up and you may end up coming down. Maybe wanted to do a course. I met one brother, he wanted to be a doctor. He tried. He tried and tried and tried. He was not able to get the grades to be a doctor. So he did pharmacy. When he finished the pharmacy, he said he's now going to medical school. I told him, look, you may be a grandfather by the time you finish this medical school. Because the Bible says it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. 
Lamentation 3.27 Lamentation 3.20 It is good for a man that he bear the yoke the yoke of medical school and such things you need it when you are young when you grow older you cannot do it some, sometimes you see some elderly people doing certain jobs and you say hey maybe this man didn't bear the yoke in his youth yes and I saw something an air hostess I said ah is he a grandmother who is serving us the food or what a grandma grandma is serving us food that's why sometimes they are so irritated on the plane and I said "Mm, this woman didn't bear the yoke in her youth that's why she's working for Delta Airways at this time (laughs) so I told him brother this medical school are going to you have advanced you have been working for some time you are not going to start schooling if you don't take care by the time you marry all your sperms are finished because sperms they get finished it doesn't come always Maybe you go to a brother and I love you. Or you, you propose to a sister. One day I saw a brother, he said, What is wrong? He said, His heart is broken. I said, Are you a woman? He said, Your heart is your heart is broken. Ah! Arise and stop that nonsense there. What are you saying? Your heart is broken. Your heart is broken. Can't you see that God has closed the door? Can't you see that God has closed the door? See, God has closed the door. It's not working. That's it. And receive guidance. Light has come to your life. And you see some people, they force themselves. One brother, he forced himself to marry a sister. I told him before before I said, look, this one, when you marry, this is what is going on. I describe it. I describe it. Yes. She's a nice person, but this is what is going to be. Yes. But he forced. Hey! After he married, I saw him later. Bishop, you said, you said it. You said it. You said it. Am I forced to marry the person at all costs? What is the struggle about? So that's how God guided me away from a terrible, if I had learned it early, in my 20s, 29 years, I would learn how to borrow money. Like by now, I will not be free. We are building almost more than, we have more than 500 projects. All over. All over. We don't know anybody. When we don't have money, stop him. That's all. That's all. Not even a car that we pay $5, even a car. No, no, no. Not even a car, a small car. Or television. Some of you, even a shirt you've gone to buy. That's a mortgage on it. Mortgage on shirts.
You are not afraid of. You are not afraid of borrowing money. So this meeting, you are going to see this as an exit. Exit from disaster. Exit from exit from financial crisis. Exit from poverty. Exit from harassment. Exit from bondage. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Why? Light. Arise and shine. Light. Has come. Thy light has come. Amen. Verse 2 of Isaiah 60. Verse 2. Isaiah 60, verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Amen. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and cross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Now notice, darkness shall cover the earth, and cross darkness the people. So, there's, there's, when we say darkness shall cover the earth, darkness covers, darkness, darkness covers it's like a lot of people have the darkness but you will escape you see, but the Lord shall arise upon thee yes darkness everywhere deception everywhere everybody has it except you and it's like it's saying no get up the car is here get up the car is here darkness covers everybody Everywhere. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. And his glory or his beauty. What does the glory of the Lord do? It makes us free. When the glory of the Lord comes, it makes us happy. You know, you sometimes even wonder, why, why are you going? What are you, why are you happy to go? I mean, as you've come here. I mean, most of you, you know me already. You know what I preach even you already know the theme of the car. Let my people go. So, so I was asked, what do you think I'm going to preach about? It's like you know it, but you are so happy to come. Yeah, people are so happy to come. It's amazing because you see the Lord when He arises on the the glory is His glory. There's some niceness and some beauty of the Lord. It's so different from the darkness that is all around us. So different and that's God's plan for us darkness is everywhere there be darkness deception when it's darkness it's like ah, there's a snake you know we have a new a campus for the Bible school one of the things about the place is that we've seen quite a number of snakes Because it's part of the environment, snakes. So I decided that we should have solar lighting outside because, you know, snakes, snakes like crossing roads. If you don't know, you don't know. They like crossing. I don't know why they cross from here, whether they are looking for 
something or somebody yes so I decided that whatever the case there should be light outside especially on the streets where people walk because if you are walking walking darkness has covered here walking 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 black mamba no many of us have stepped on financial mambas no we have different types of mambas black mamba green mamba jameson's mamba all kind and financial mambas it's a mamba And it takes away your ability to breathe. Wow. It's, it, it's neurotoxic. It paralyzes your nerves. Yes. So I said, no, there must be light. Because if you walk in the darkness, walk in the darkness, walk in the darkness, before you realize you step on a financial member. And just a drop. Some of us, is just a drop. I remember one guy came from England with his uh, girlfriend to learn how to be a safari safari um, safari guide I think in Botswana Botswana has the best wildlife, a pastor from Botswana is here, stand up he's got over a thousand people in his church stand up, White House in Botswana thank you, you may be seated yeah so these people were there and whilst we were having the class and we were being taught, then somebody spotted a snake outside, a black mamba. A black mamba is not black, it's gray. But when it opens the mouth, actually the inside of the mouth is red. The inside of the black mamba is black. That's how you know that it's a black mamba. You know, the black, when it's black, usually those ones are cobras. Yeah. So they went outside and because they were wildlife people, they don't kill these snakes. We went in Cape Town in South Africa and they told us there's snakes everywhere so we should be careful. And if we see one, we should just call the security guard. So we were there, we saw a Cape Cobra where we, where we stayed. Like a, kind of like a, not a hotel, but some type of a place where the houses you can rent. We saw a Cape Cobra. I said, five minutes, it kills you. Five minutes, you'll be dead. When we called them, they came. They said, oh yeah, the Cape Cobra. They took it, lifted it. So are you going to kill it? Oh no, we just take it and throw it into the a different place. Yeah, just throw it away. <laughs> yeah, relocation. So when they saw the black mamba, the class, the whole class stopped the class and came out. And they sort of guided the black mamba and it went away. But before it went away, I think the guy who was um, the British guy who had come with his girlfriend I think it, it slightly touched it oh yeah recently I was working in Mampo and I lifted a stone and there was a snake under I mean I jumped and it seemed to touch me and I kept on looking at my finger <laughs> for a long time because of this story that I'm telling you <laughs> so anyway they went back to the class they looked at it the, the instructor also looked at there was nothing no whatever just seemed to be nothing small. They were sitting at the class. 20 minutes later, the guy was sitting there. That was it. It was gone. Yeah. 
And when your finances step on a number, within 20 minutes, there's nothing left of you. And that is why I said, darkness shall cover the earth. Cross darkness, most of the people. But the Lord, the Lord shall arise upon thee. And his glory shall be seen upon thee. Yes. I came here with a lot of good news for you. A lot of good news for you. He says, and the word but, it cancels what came before. But the Lord, but the Lord, but the Lord, but the Lord shall arise upon thee. Amen. And what's going to happen? The Gentiles, that is unbelievers, shall come to thy light. Amen. Unbelievers will come to your light. And kings will come to the brightness of thy rising. You are the next person to rise. Yes. The president came to the brightness of our rising. It's in English. The kings will come, the Gentiles will come to thy light. Gentiles, unbelievers will come. Yes. To kings will come to the brightness of thy rising. You are rising. You are rising in America. I'm telling you, you are rising in America. Look, I want you to be, I don't know who you are, but be like the children. You know, my first love children, look, they... They believe. They really believe. They really believe. When I pray for them, they play the prayers. They play the prayers. Not the preaching. I mean, they play the preaching. They play the prayers. Like, you want to pray these prayers over us. The prayers are working for them. Believe it all. Go back to the verse. Go back to the verse. Who is that? The Gentiles, recently, I went somewhere and I met some of the top politicians. Actually, it was even a funeral and I was greeting the people. Some of them had come and I was greeting them and go to sit down. Where else? And then one of them, the top, some of the top, said, I read your article every Monday. I have an article that is published in the newspapers. The top, one of the top newspapers in Ghana. So I read every. Then I met the top of another. I don't want to say oh, what I'm saying. He said, I don't miss. I don't miss that thing. They just, they just been printing um, chapters of art of leadership and so on. Yeah, every every time he comes up, he says, the Gentiles shall come to thy light, like the knowledge that you have. The Gentiles have come to thy light. It will happen practically in your life. How do you do it? Yeah. 
Go back to verse 2. I like verse 2. Darkness shall cover the earth. Cross darkness. The people. People's marriages. Darkness. You see people, you say, you are not happy. You are in America. But you are not happy. You are where people want to be. Eh? Or you don't know. The whole world wants to come to America. Or you are not aware of that. Mention any country which does not want to come to America. They all want to come here. But the Lord, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory, his beauty shall be seen upon thee. And verse 3, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, thy light. You see all these books? It's light. Yeah. It's revelation. Look, on my desk, when I say desk, it's figurative. I have desk. I don't I don't sit behind desk, but it's a figurative way of speaking. I'm not a desk type of person. I I, I don't know how to sit at desks. I'm a field man. But on my desk are invitations to so many places to come and speak. They will fly me there and pay me. I can't go. Yes, I can't go. Yeah. The scripture, please, the scripture, the scripture. The verse 3, please. Now you are becoming too zealous. Eh? <laughs> the Gentiles shall come to thy light. Thy light. Thy light. Thy light. You see, we have different lights. Thy light. Thy revelation. It's important to respect the light that has been given to you. Yes. If you don't, you may be making a big mistake for your life. The Gentiles shall come to thy light. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Quickly. Verse 1. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you for to do them that you may live. You are living. And go in and possess the land which the Lord God your fathers giveth you. Wow. You shall not add unto the word which I command you neither shall you diminish aught from it oh yeah, I was telling you something neither shall you diminish aught from it don't diminish it don't minimize it to yourself you know 
People want to diminish the word. Yes. These books are light. Every pastor has light that is given. We have greater light and lesser light. God made the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. So there are greater light and lesser light. Do you understand? Greater light and lesser light that are given. And this is light given to us. God always gives light. And I, I want to say something because I was saying it and, and, and I think I, I, I skipped it, but I want to just keep it, keep the best there. Don't, don't. When, when, whenever you become concerned about something, like as I'm preaching, some of you are concerned about financial things and debts and all that, it is because the Lord wants to change something. You know, I was telling you when I was preaching about wisdom seven, I became concerned that I despised my father about something. I started to be concerned about it. And I started to pray. You know, because despisement, you don't, you, you don't, you don't openly say it. Yeah. Your actions, and you may make a comment, you may not even say anything. You know, one day we went to play golf and somebody played and we were all standing there. And somebody, after the person played, somebody said, oh, sorry. It's like he was laughing at the person who, and, and that is enough for, for the person to know you are despising what small effort he's making to play the golf. As I became concerned, I started to pray. I said, Lord, because it brings curses, brings darkness. Then the Lord began to give me revelation, light. He said, Honor your father. But my father is dead. So what can I do? But you see, that's why I say that light. Then he showed me. He showed me two things that I, I can do now. Even though my father is dead. To honor him. Yes. Then I had, I had a mysterious phone call. Yes, from out of the blue, from a certain situation, source and situation, which was connected to my father. And I said, hey. You see, because God was putting a burden on me, but because I was genuinely seeking for a way, and I'm asking you to genuinely be open in your spirit and your soul, because God will show you how, you see, maybe you've married the wrong person. Like, there's no happiness in your life. Yes. You wait and see. Arise if the car has come. Light has come. It's happening practically. And when God gives you that and shows you that, start to see this is this must be the answer to my prayer. This must be the answer to my prayer. Arise and shine. So he gave me. And I'm on it. Even as I've been flying, I'm on it. I'm on that. I'm on it. <laughs> hey, I want to honor my father. Hey, babe. I'm afraid of this thing. Yeah. And it's not just something I don't know. Maybe I have not. And I mean, I, I, I'm just assuming that I've fallen into that thing. So I want to go against it. It's a burden. It's a concern. So expect God. Why, why should God bother to tell you, show you this is 
a mistake, this is wrong, and then it's like, and so what? So what? So what should we do? So, and so, there is something that God is also going to show you about how to escape from it. And it comes from light. Notice verse 2 again. You shall not add to the word which I will command you. Neither shall you diminish it. Others despise it or minimize it or make it nothing. I have written books. My church members should be taught these things. And you have some pastors, somebody, somebody said, so does it mean you cannot pray to the Holy Spirit to know what to tell us to preach? Fantastic. Fantastic. All these are words to diminish the, yes, the revelation. The import, because people look from outside and are using the books. Imagine a country like Brazil. Very expensive country. I sent somebody there. He doesn't have any work in Brazil. His wife doesn't have any with all their families and their children. It's only my books. They invite him to just teach these ones. It's a, Brazil is very expensive. If you want to do shopping, shop here. Don't go to Brazil to shop. Shop here. You can come next time we are going. I think in September we are going to Brazil. You, you can come there, but you must do your shopping here before you come there. Very expensive country. Very expensive country. You'll be in Brazil in Jesus' name. Traveling is not going to be difficult for you after this program. Yes. Yes. It doesn't have any work. People want to hear only these books. Yes. Only these books. These are all the prisoners. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Big programs. Give and teach only this. Not, not in, even in Africa. This, these very books. You can't finish. Even if you say vision, five to seven, you do some four chapters, that you can't even finish going through the books. And you want to despise it. So in the first love church, we're not in, in Ghana, we started that. We call it vision uh, status five to seven, not vision five. Status five to seven. We are on, like we have what we call in epilepsy. You have somebody can have an epileptic fit, but it lasts for some few seconds and it's over, or some minute, a minute or two, and it goes on. Then we have status epilepticus. The epilepsy continues, <laughs> it doesn't stop. Uh, so we have moved from vision five to seven to status five to seven. It continues. Uh, for the children that they like these things status 527 <laughs> status yes diminish it don't say what are these books yes I can't tell because I don't want to mention names I have pastors they look at my book I say, what is liar I sent uh, Bishop Oko. He's on his way here. I sent Bishop Oko. Go and introduce it. It's not something you teach. It's not something you teach. He just mocked the book. He showed him my book. I wrote him prodigality. What is prodigality? 
prodigal story of the prodigal son is about the love of the father, not what you have written in this book. That's what it's not what you've written in this book. The love, yes. It's, not, it's about the it's about the love of God's love as a father to a prodigal son. What is it? Practicality. Because you see, and that, that is now in those who leave you about the seven spirits that make a person leave his father's house. He mock it. About seven years later, or ten years later, I met this person, his right hand man. It's like taking away maybe this corner of the church. You can imagine what will happen to the rest of the corner. Left in a way. And I met him somewhere and I was working with him. He was talking. And when I mentioned the guy's name, he started to vibrate. He started to shake. I thought he was going to fall down. Status epileptic. I thought he was going to fall down. I became afraid for him. When, when he saw what the orangu, what the guy did to him in the church. But he, he diminished the book. And he told me, he told me, if you need somebody to sell. I said, every time I'm traveling, I have five of your books in my, in my bag. The one who despised it, I have five. If you need somebody to sell it, I will, you can employ me. That's, somebody who is my senior when he saw what is a a devil taking away your church and spoiling the church you despise it he was shaking I said oh Charlie relax when he he mentions the guy he starts to shake Disloyalty. <laughs> we are diminishing the teaching. Yes. You despise it. So he saw one. And he saw a number, actually. So he saw a big one who took the corner of the church away. <laughs> Do not diminish these teachings. There are people whose life... I went to Ukraine. I met a man. He told me, look, before I knew you, I used to translate books for choice. Maya, this, this, this. And I was selling them. And I was talking, so what are you doing? I said, look, the main thing, I virtually everything I do is your books now. Yes, I only translate and publish and this is the myth has taken over everything. Yes, in Russian. I went, I saw him, his office, everything. Many countries have them. When I said even girls to preach girls to Philippines, Indonesia, they are invited. Mega church after mega church, these books. Don't diminish it. Don't diminish it here. So anybody who is diminishing it is not wanted here. He says, why? Don't diminish. Neither shall you diminish aught from it. Because when you diminish it, you don't obey it. 
when you demise, it's not important. All this, what is the, what is the, what is loyalty, what is this, what is that? Recently, somebody invited Bishop Eddie to come and preach about loyalty. Do you remember? Yeah. And then when he, when he, when he, when he went to preach, what did he say? Come and tell us. What did he tell you? He said, um, when Bishop. When Bishop Dag, you know, started preaching loyalty. This is a grown up, grown up, more grown up than we are. Some of us, you know, you know, we were, in fact, somebody brought me two copies. And, um, uh, you know, you know, it was in my office. But, you know, some of us, like he and his friends, you know, you know, we didn't take him serious. That's how he put it. We didn't take him serious. It's a, it's a polite way of saying it. despise. Yes. Never read it until he had an assistant. He sent to a branch, and in fact, he traveled. He, he he's not. He was in full time ministry then, so he traveled from out of Ghana and was away for about two years. By the time he came, the church was different. So he sent the guy to a branch to go and be there. And the guy left him. Yeah. Neither shall you diminish out of it. Don't minimize it. Don't minimize. When we say it's loyalty weak, don't minimize it. Don't minimize it. Verse 3. Verse 3, please. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from amongst you. Verse 4. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord are alive, every one of you, unto day. This will be your testimony. Verse 5. Behold, I have taught you statutes and commandments and judgments, even as the Lord commanded me. You see, when God gives you a leader, this is Moses, he says, I've taught you just as the Lord showed me and commanded me. Why? That you should go and do so in the land where you go to possess it. Okay? Verse 6. Keep therefore and do them. And underline this one. For this is your wisdom. This is your wisdom. That's why it says, for thy light has come. Arise and shine for thy light has come. This is your wisdom. Underline those words. This is your wisdom. You see, this is the wisdom for us in this family, in this mission, in this commission, in this ministry, in this church, and also all those who want to receive it. This is your wisdom and your understanding. These commandments I've given you in the sight of the nation we shall hear all these statues and say wow surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people the people outsiders will see and know and hear this is a great and wise and understanding people look at it from the top keep therefore and do them no no verse 6 again keep therefore and do them for this is your wisdom this is your, your, your is personal. 
It's what will make you prosper. It's what is good for you. It's your mother's milk from your mother's breast. That is the best milk you can ever have. That is the one with the antibodies and everything that you need. This is your wisdom that will fight the enemy. And your understanding. Look, there are churches where the pastor even teaches mortgages keys to prosperity one mortgage how to do mortgages they, 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 they actually teach it that is their wisdom that is their wisdom yes this is this and their understanding it's not in, it's not in, it's not my wisdom is that the, the borrower is a servant to the lender and i've never planned to serve uh, what is the banks you have here? What bank do you have? Bank of America. Bank of America. I've never planned to be a servant. I've planned to be a servant of God, not the servant of Bank of America. Did you, when you came to America, were you planning to come and serve Citibank and Bank of America? I mean, was that your plan? I'm, I'm coming as a servant of this bank. They don't pay you. They don't pay you, but you have come to serve them without pay. And you come to work for them. And that 70% of the papers that you sign, you never finish it. Was that your aim? That is not your aim. So that is our wisdom that we have. This is your wisdom. The rich ruler over the poor and the borrower is the servant. Anywhere you're going to borrow money, you are their servant. That's the Bible. Proverbs 22 verse 7. I didn't write the Bible. If you want to be angry, be angry with the Bible. Don't, then leave me, leave me out of it. I don't come in at all. I don't know why you'd be angry with me. Back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. This is your understanding. So try to get not only the wisdom, but the understanding of the thing that is being said. There is some deep understanding in it. There is a deep understanding. Your servant. I don't want to be any servant of anything. Look at verse 7. Then they shall say, What nation is there so great? Who has God so nigh to them? Wow, as the Lord God in all things that we call upon him for. And they're going to say, What a great church, what a great ministry, what a great people who have God so near to them. God is so near to these people. And what nation is there? Look at this one. Notice this one. That is so great and has such statutes and judgment. Think how many churches have such books. Yeah. That can be used. Look, we go so many places. You see, they say, what are you using for marriage? Oh, (laughs) you know, it's model marriage. They make photocopies. They are using, and we, they, we are they are, we are they are blessed to do it. That has such statutes and judgments, so righteous as all this law which I said before you this day. You know, recently I went to a, a crusade in one of the cities. You know, and sometimes I don't know, like some of the pastors, they are so helpful, like pastors of the big churches. They are so helpful, and they really want the crusade and they are really involved and helping. I don't know why. One day, 
after the crusade were going, they said some a group of pastors, about six of them, they wanted to see me, just to say thank you for the crusade and all. So, oh, well, no problem. So they came to where we were staying, and they met in the met at the reception. We were sitting there. Then one of the pastors said to me, Bishop, ah, you don't know me, but I know you for some years now. I've been reading your books. I follow you. I've been reading. I said, oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Then that was what he said. Then other people spoke. You know. Then his wife spoke. And then she explained. She said, look, some years ago, we had the biggest church in this town. 3,000 members wow. we had. Then one day, my husband and I, we decided to travel to America. So when we came to America, I don't know what they came to there, but I said, how long did you stay? They said, we stayed for about eight weeks in all. And then we went back. When we got back to the country, our assistant, whom we had left the church with, said that he decided to leave the church. He decided to resign. So he said, why are you resigning? He said, oh, God has told him to resign. So he's resigning. He said, okay. So they said, but you can't just live like that. And he said, well, that is what I have decided to do. So he left. Bye-bye. Look, he said, we were 3,000. Everybody left the church. We were left with 15 people, including myself. Only myself, my family. Yes, 15 to 18 people. Yes, from 3,000. Yes, it took me. You wouldn't know if you have not seen it. He said, Bishop, I have been reading. But then the pastor said, I said, really? So I said, is the pastor there with the one who did all those things? He said, he's dead. I said, why? He said, oh, he died a few weeks after. I said, what happened? He said, oh, he had diabetes and he was fasting. And he didn't know that he had diabetes and he went into a coma. And he, he, he never came out. He said, we visited him in the hospital. Yes. He said, a few weeks after and I said the people said they didn't, the people didn't come back. Whatever he told them for that eight weeks. And now he has ripples. He told his wife, let's start all over again. And they started all over again. Yes. And see, that's why sometimes you see that people, people, people appreciate the light. That's why they, they say that what nation is so great that has such statues and judgments. They are blessed with all these books which the outsiders are reading. You imagine having a conference that they chatted the whole plane, Boeing 7, whatever, full, only the pastors coming to ISI conference. Chatted. Planes, full. And when they are going back, they are all talking. Everybody's standing up in the plane as they are going, flying back. Six hours flight. <laughs> you see, we don't know what we have. And that's why it says, do not diminish it. Don't despise it. Because you may not say, I despise you, but your actions show that you despise it. That's the point that I'm trying to make. You may not say, I despise you, but your actions show that you despise it. 
Today marks the end of your despisements. Amen. Wow. To them. Verse 9. Only take heed to thyself. Amen. And keep thy soul diligently. Lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. Lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. Amen. And that is why, that is why we are trying hard to magnify the, the words that we have and honor, the, the, honor what we have and not despise it. Yes. Yes. And that is why I, I instituted Galatians 6 6 again in a new way this year. I've received all your Galatians 6 6 blessings, and Galatians 6 7 will happen to you in Jesus' name. Yes. And I've instituted, I instituted, it wasn't the pastors who decided. I, I said, look, I'm turning the hearts of the children to know their father and to, to like their own father and to receive the words. And these are great words. They have done things which no, I, I don't know. I have not got all these plans to do anything. It's God who is working. We are all watching. Because when God is surprising, bringing surprises, you also are surprised at what God has done yourself. Not others are surprised. You too are surprised. You too are surprised. You are also watching. It's the grace of God. And if you don't recognize that and honor those things, you, 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 you cannot arise you cannot shine because your light comes and you don't know that your light when your light comes you say off, that's not my light that's not my light off the light back to Isaiah quickly 60 Isaiah 60 Verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to thy light. That's the point I was trying to make. Thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Verse 4, lift up thine eyes round about and see all they that gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Amen. Amen. Thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because of the abundance of the seed that shall be converted unto thee and the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. You see, when you follow the light that God is giving the forces of the Gentile will flow together like we are flowing together. God has blessed us with a good, a good church. Yes, we are flowing together. We are happy. People don't understand sometimes why we are. Why are you happy? Why are you happy? There is Minshe in the church. There is what? Minshe. 
Misha is a, it's a, it's a lighthouse word. You have to learn the words, please. Minshe in the church. Have I told you the story of Minshe? Huh? You want to hear the story? Yeah. One day I went to, I think Sweden or Denmark, one of those countries. Denmark it was. Yeah. And there was a pastor. He used to be in Ghana many years ago. But he's no more there. And when he, when I came to sit down in front, in front, I was about to preach. He said to me, you know something? You know, I've not been to Ghana for so many years. But I listen and I watch on the internet. He said, look, I'm not in Lighthouse. But if I was to come to Ghana and I have to join a church, I would join Lighthouse. He was just quietly looking at the, I think the choir was singing. And he, then he said, because there is Minshe in the church. <laughs> there is Minshe in the church. Wow. Minshe means happiness and excitement. He said, oh, if I have to come, that's the church I'll join. Because I think he sees that, that we are happy. Yeah. People can go to church in the morning and come in the evening. Hey, what type of church is that? <laughs> Would you go home and have lunch? Uh, <laughs> From Alaska to wherever, we are happy in the church. Uh, all day long. Tell your neighbor if you are not happy in the church, something is wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Why should you not be happy? And the forces of the Gentiles. So we are flowing together. And the forces of the Gentiles, the, the powers that unbelievers have, which is usually financial, shall come unto thee. Receive the financial blessings. Verse 6. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. And the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all day from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring gold and incense, and shall show forth the praises of the Lord. The multitude of camels. In those days, they didn't have cars, they had camels. You will never struggle to own a car when you are serving the Lord. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. Yes. A car will be the least of your struggles in this world. People started giving me cars years ago. Yes. Years ago, from my own father, who gave me a car, brand new car, when I was in school. Yes. Many people. One day, a Lebanese man sent me a car. Very nice car. 
And after he sent it to me, he sent another car. I said, oh, I want to help you. A bus. When you send the bus, he said, oh, it's for you. So I cannot. So I gave it to the church. I've been giving cars. You'll be giving your camels away. Look, a car is not a luxury. Try to get that into your coconut. A car is not a luxury. It's something you use. It's a camel. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. Yes. Recently, Bishop Eddie had a convention. People just gave their cars. So, have this without offering. Here's a car. Then they brought the cars to me. And I said, oh, okay. Ah, give this one to this. Give this one to this. Give one. I'll just, just give the cars away. The multitude of camels are covering thee. And the dromedaries, these are mobile phones, dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. Whatever type of mobile phone you need, you are receiving it in Jesus' name. Yes. One day, if you don't sit down, you can't see me. You want to stand? Listen, one day a brother called me and told me that he has bought me a car. And he mentioned the price of the car, about $150,000. It's a type of car, this, this, that, and so on. So it is on the way. I said, okay, when I went to the house, I thought about it. Hey, what type of car? What type of camel is this? It will give me a problem. And I don't want to offend and I knew, he told me the type of, and I knew I, didn't, I, cannot, I don't want to drive it. So I went, I told him, you know, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I cannot drive it. I don't want to that you bring it. Then it's like I've put it somewhere or I'm not driving it. So I said, it's nothing. One time somebody bought a car, brand new, people's dream cars. When I saw it, I didn't even open the door. Yeah, I didn't even sit in it. So take it, uh, take it away, take it to the next place. Camels are coming to your house You will never be in need Camels, camels Multitude of camels Are covered in What is a car? What is a car? That you even Go and get a debt on this car mortgage what is a car no 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 this camp is a turning point for your financial life in the name of Jesus you see humility is a kind of light humility is a kind of light when you don't like showing off you will be rich When you you move away from showing off You become rich When you move away from showing off You become rich I don't have to show off with my house I don't have to show off with my car I don't have to show off with anything 
That's light. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need all these things. Every cash I don't need, so take it. Take it. Yeah. So me, I'm, I'm a conduit. I receive and I say, oh. when I receive, I say, to the left, to the right, to the back, to the servant. Even my servants are more prosperous than people who are dying for things. My servants. Yes. Arise and shine. Arise and shine. Some of you, the engine of your car, the way it drinks petrol, it's like they are drawing blood for blood transfusion when you are when you are when you are buying fuel. Vroom, vroom, two gallons. multitude multitude and they shall bring gold and incense look people are searching for these things God gave me a master key you see one of the things about the prophetic aspect of my gift the gift that God has given me is that it's not announced as a prophetic gift. You see, Matthew 6.33 is my master scripture for prosperity. It's to me, the master. But I didn't respect it. One day I was listening to a great man of God called Bishop Oyedepo. And he said he went somewhere in 1976, I think it was, and he said, God spoke to him suddenly and told him, Matthew 6.33. You know, he was explaining the prophet. He said, it's the master, master key Amen. to riches and prosperity and everything. Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom. Those of you who don't know your Bible, Matthew 6.33 says, it's serious, uh, it's serious, but if you don't know Matthew 6.33, no, that's quite serious. Tell your neighbor that's quite serious. I suspect that you didn't know what the Matthew 6:33 was. Man, that's serious. That is serious. Matthew 6:33. That is serious. Huh? So when he said it, the way he said it in a prophetic way, I thought to myself. Ah, and me too. This is also what I, I think. But I've been said it in that way. And I realized that these are must. When he, he also spoke about death, he said, Death borrowing. He said, God told him, Never borrow. He has built all his, his salary wage a month is one million US dollars. That's how much salaries he pays people a month. One million US dollars in Nigeria. He said when the accountant told him how much they are paying, he said, ah, it's one million. That's what they are paying for the construction and the things they are doing there. He said they, are, they, they don't owe even a dollar to anybody. Yes. But you see, sometimes people say it in a very prophetic and mystical way and it sounds wow. Whoosh. 
<laughs> but you see, when I heard it, it gave me great confidence. Because when you hear somebody is doing something that you also really believe in, and it, and it set me become more confident about what you are saying. This is my secret. What is your secret of it? So it's the strategy of uh, uh, goals and what? Um, smart goals and uh, what? What are the things that they say? Those of you who have been listening to motivational speakers, tell us what they are saying. The things people are dying for. They are being added. People's dream cars. It will be given to you in Jesus' name. Verse 7. All the flocks shall be gathered together unto thee. Wow. And the rams of Nebioth shall minister unto thee. And they shall come up with acceptance on my altar. And I will glorify the house of my glory. Look. God is glorifying the house of his glory. When everything is going down, the church is going up. The more attached you are to the house of his glory. Which God is glorifying the better it is for you. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. So that's what he's building. Anybody who is involved in building the church, I mean, you join Jesus in his project. That is Jesus' life project that he is on. And you join Jesus Christ. Hey! That is why I am a wild church builder. Oh, yes. I mean to church build it. I pray about it. The Lord told me the other day, pray for an angel. I knew he was about to send me an angel. He wanted just me to ask. Pray for an angel. Yes. It was a clear word like that. Pray for an angel. Come and help you. He's helping me. Build my church. I mean to church. I may never even visit the church, but this is my heart. So because of my proper affection for the house of God, I've laid aside such amount of gold and silver because of my affection for the house of God. I don't sing a song for you. See, once you've done it, you've done for eternity. It's done. Yes. Once you've done it, it's done for eternity. It remains to be contemplated through all eternity. Yeah. I'm building my church. You know, I was asking a brother, why is it that some of the businessmen, even back home in Ghana, have not benefited or even prospered in a certain way? One of the reasons is because they have not attached themselves to build the house of God. Rather, outsiders are involved in building. So you see that the businessmen are not humble humble enough to do a business which is connected to building the house of God. It's like if if they have to sell cement, so why can I sell, be a cement seller? It's like it's below them. They'll mention a a, a job that you can't understand. Oh, we are into graphic uh, uh, IT 
something, something. We mentioned some computer words and equity, something, leverage, something, equity, financial, stocks, something, ventures, debentures, financial engineering, and brokerages. They'll be mentioning some words. When they finish, you don't understand the job. Yes. Now you say, sell cement, oh, how? This is too basic. One day, the man who sells steel, he sells steel to I called him. I said, come. An Indian. I said, come after I'm calling you. He came. He said, you are the, number, the whole country that's buying steel. We are the number one or number two, apart from you. Anything we ask is a give. I asked him to reduce about half a million. Yes, he virtually took it or so. Yeah. So you see, people, they don't go to church. But they, they're trying because he's, he's magnifying his house of his glory. But it's like, we are too big for the house. Even like being a church pastor, when I invite, come on, let's work for God. Let's build his church. Let's do his work. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it amazing? Is it fantastic? Is it wonderful? I will glorify the house of my glory. 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 I will glorify that. Look, let me tell you people something. Eh? Attach yourself to anything about the church getting better. This is the project he's doing. I'm telling you, whatever your involvement is, it's a good thing. Yes. 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 Look, last week we attended a funeral. The week before we had to go for a funeral. And, and I was surprised because there were funeral. I couldn't, I mean, I don't like funerals at all. I know a funeral, but it's not my culture to go for a funeral. But I couldn't but go. I had to go. Because of whose whatever it was that was there, I had to go. You see, there comes a time, th- those are even people's parents. Like, I had to go. When Dr. Anosh's uh, father, uh, me, funeral, but when his father, I went to Kumasi. I have to go. It's not something you cannot go. <laughs> yes. What, what I'm trying to explain is that a time is also going to come where we ourselves will be the ones who are dying. Yes. And one after the other, you say that, oh, I, this funeral, I cannot, this, I've been with him for years. He's died. That's how we've seen our parents going for funerals. We say, why is my mother going for funeral every week? <laughs> they have special funerals, but they are always going for funerals. That time is also going to come. When that time, so, Pastor, this is there. I have to go. I cannot go. I can't say I will not go. How? I cannot not go. But will he see you when you can? He will not see me, but I want to go. 
because of my relationship with him I would like to be there and when that time comes only one thing will be relevant it will be the house of his glory because you see I have officiated pastors the pastors have officiated their funerals they've been like some, some older or something something unfortunate that happened or older even then I remember one person was a professor professor they just actually the day before he died they came to put a new sign of professor so and so in front of his house but when we went to his funeral the main thing about him was church, pastor, this, that whatever, that is it it's, like, it's almost like you can see that that's the main thing of your life for years people say oh, because you are in full time I've been full time for years when I was in secondary school I was in full time ministry I've been in full time ministry for years People say, Brother Doc, take your time. I should take my time. <laughs> when it comes to the church, I should take my time. You don't understand. The thing, I'm taking it to World Cup. You thought I'm playing it. No, I'm taking it to World Cup level. World Cup. This church thing, this church thing, I'm taking it to World Cup levels. It's not, I'm not playing some local leagues here. Brother Doug, one bride said to me, Brother Doug, do you think you go to heaven by being a skeleton? Because I was fasting a lot, I became so lean. And my shorts, you know, in, in the school, we were not allowed to wear trousers. So I have to wear shorts. My, my legs became like spider, spider legs. And my, my shorts became like a skirt. So, like, see, like a spider wearing a skirt. And I'll be walking, walking, I'll be walking. I'll be walking. And they ask me, take your, take, I should take my time. Something that I'm doing full time. Full time is not about receiving salary. What? Receiving salary? Then the first full time in this church is, is even a Muslim because he's been, a, and Dr. Nosh is the one who employed, and he's still there. He's not even a Christian. Receiving money is not what makes you full-time. Full-time is, as far as I'm concerned, Ernest, who has gone to Nicaragua, is a full-time. We have never given him even a dollar to go to Nicaragua. To me, he's a full-time person. Many of the lay pastors are full-time. Some of the lay pastors, they don't do it all the way. But some of them, they are more than full-time pastors even. They are even more than full-time pastors. Brother Doug, take your time. Look, I cannot take my time when it comes to this church, what we are doing. I am taking to welcome. Welcome. Yes. Sometimes when we are playing golf with Bishop Eddie, we always be telling Bishop Eddie, take your time. If you are taking the thing to a professional level, hey, he, he disgraces us always. We are, we are humbled always. We beg him, please. But it, I can see that in his mind, he's taking the thing to World Cup. You are the next person taking the work of God up to the World Cup level. Hallelujah! 
glorify the house of my glory. Why should I not be fair? I should take my time about what? We are taking the thing to, I mean, if what level, I don't know what level there is. And you are also taking the thing. Hey, those at the back, you are not part of, they, they, those at the back are not. Where are the policemen here? Where are they? Where are you? Where are the water guns? Where are the water guns? You don't have water guns. Next session, make sure you get some. Let this be your last warning. When we are taking the thing to World Cup, you are sitting down playing a local dance. Someone, dance. Someone, leave. Wow. I joined myself to build a church not yesterday. I've been full time for years. Years. Verse 8. Verse 8. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows? You will be flying. I said you will be flying 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 sometimes birds they look at us and wonder why we are taking our time so much from here to here, it's a long time you've taken. I see you increasing speed and flying. All those who couldn't afford plane tickets to Memphis. Uh, from this camp onwards, your financial situation is entered into flying levels. Crawling days have come to an end. Crawling days have come to an end. Crawling, struggling days have come to an end. 
whatever you are struggling with in America it is declared bound and cursed in Jesus name whatever prevents you from flying comes to an end at this committee in the name of Jesus the prophecy you believe the prophecy you believe that's why I, I, I like to hold Jesus close yes. because Jesus is all you need yes those of you who are stuck in America you come from Zimbabwe you have not been there for 17 years you are waiting for President Mugabe to die before you go back home Meanwhile, the man is going to more than 100 before he dies. <laughs> you are stuck. Whatever. Whatever sticks you. You will only be stuck to Jesus from now. You will only be stuck to Jesus from now. Who are those that fly? It's you. It's you who is flying. Who are those that are flying? It's you who is flying. Who are those that are flying? It's you who is flying. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that will happen. Amen. Verse 9. Sit down. Sit down, please. Yeah, Brazil. You'll be there. Brazil, you'll be there. Jamaica, you'll be there. We are going to dedicate our cathedral. You'll be there in Jamaica. I mean, why can you not come to Jamaica? From here to Jamaica, you cannot come. Whatever is holding you back is broken in the name of Jesus. It's a flying church. Who are these that fly? It is you. Say it is me. Who are these that fly? Who are those that fly? Who are those that fly? Who are those that fly? Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Surely the isles shall wait for me and the ships of Tashish first to bring thy sons from far. Their silver and their gold with them unto the name of the Lord thy God to the Holy One of Israel because he has glorified thee. Notice verse 9. Surely the isles, islands shall wait for me islands there are places that God is going to use you when you look at the Caribbean islands there are more than 200 islands they're waiting they're waiting for people who will say you know I want to go on what the Lord has put on my heart look anything you think about a little bit more than usual 
please remember sometimes it's the Holy Spirit that is bringing to your remembrance of the Holy Spirit is bringing something to your thoughts read, read the Bible it says and he will bring to your remembrance so your remembrance is your mind so things that come to your mind frequently you know I, they are the Holy Spirit speaking to you sometimes for instance I remember Kenneth Hagin told the story this testimony Jesus appeared to him eight times between 1942 and uh, 1950 alright and uh one of the times when Jesus was talking to him, he told him that this week I have been speaking to you about this. I think he was studying something in Mark. And he said, this week I have been speaking to you about something. And that is when he realized that what he had been thinking about all that week. Then the Lord told him, but the whole week I have been talking to you about this. Yeah. So it's like when things are occurring to you, like the burden of the Lord... You see, that is how sometimes you know God is speaking to you. It's like it's a burden of the Lord. It comes up, the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. He will bring to your remembrance. Look at it, the comforter, the Holy Ghost. You can't see the Holy Spirit. So you have to know the symptoms of him speaking to you. Look at it. It says the comforter, which the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. It's an old English word, but it means bring it to your mind. Like it brings to your thoughts. So you are there and something comes to you. Like what can you say? Your father. You honor your father. Honor your father. It keeps coming to me. You honor your father. You honor your father. It keeps coming to you. Keep worrying me. You know? It's the Holy Spirit who is doing something. Yes. The Holy Spirit who is doing something. Yeah. Bring all things to your remembrance. Bring all things to your remembrance. Between you and God. Learn how to hear from God. It's the master key to being led by the Spirit is to notice when He is speaking. Yes. Amen. Back to Isaiah. Yes. And the isles will wait for me. Missions. Missions, we will go. We will go. We will go. We will go. No island can stay. Look at all of us here. Every time I've sent people, people thought I was spoiling the church. Yes, when I send people, people thought I'm spoiling the church. When I was sending Bishop Joel to America, people felt I was spoiling the church in London. That is what they thought. Even he himself thought that. <laughs> no, I was not spoiling the church. No, I was not spoiling the church. The church has continued. We have the figures of the attendance and the growth and the income. It has never gone down. Yeah, it has never gone down. It's only going up. Yeah, it's only going up. If 500 of you go away from America and go to missions to Ireland, this the church here will be bigger. The attendance here will be bigger than it is now. Yeah. It's it's mysterious, but that is what happens. You just you think that you are spoiling or people are leaving, you are letting people go. No, it's that that is what makes the church grow. 
And that's what releases all these Isaiah verses. Arise thy, thy light. This church, part of our light is missions. You know, sometimes I send people as missionaries. Then I feel, sometimes I feel, you know, maybe, am I spoiling the person's life? You know, but I have not yet met somebody who was not like very happy that I sent him. You take uh, Pastor Ransford, who was in, uh, is he, where was he? Dallas. Yeah, he's gone to um, Congo. Yes. You, you think I'm spoiling Dallas? Oh. Watch. Watch Congo. Watch Dallas. Yes. Watch. You see. It's the light we have. It's the light we have. Yes. Patrick, I sent you to Botswana, right? Where, where were you before? Come, come. You know, this uh, gentleman, he's a, he's a medical doctor. Now, tell them how you got saved. Because <laughs> sometimes, see, when we are doing crusades, you think we are wasting money. Tell them. I had, um, I had never been born again before. So I had gone to... Um... Of course we had never been born again. I had never been So I went to Legon as a first year student. And Legon is University of Ghana. University of Ghana as a pre-med student um, doing biological science, trying to enter the medical school. And on the second year, first year I wasn't going to church. I used to attend the church, but I wasn't serious. So the second year, um, I was coming from the canteen, the, the night market. I'd gone to eat. And I usually pass behind Legon Hall to go to the math department to go and study. But that day I heard that there was a program in the center of Legon Hall. So I was passing through that, um, the middle. Were you holding your food or you had eaten it? <laughs> I had eaten it, but I usually buy granuts to sustain me throughout the night. So. <laughs> I had my granite and water in my hand. So as I was passing, I saw what I would say a fair colored white man <laughs> standing and preaching. And I was like, what is, who is here and what is he saying? So as I was passing, I heard the message. So I stood at the back. But for the first time in my life, I could hear preaching and understand it. And you were talking about Lazarus and the rich man and how the rich man went to hell. The rich man was not a sinner in our own terms, but he still went to hell because he didn't mind God. Then I felt that you were talking about me. So I stood there and I was listening. And as you were preaching, my heart was beating. And I was asking myself, what should I do? You were, you were holding the granites and the water. And the water. <laughs> <laughs> And your, and your heart was beating. Beating. So, because I felt I could, I could identify with a rich man that I, was, I would go to hell. So I wanted to know what I could do. And immediately you said that um, if you are here, you don't know Jesus, come to the front. And I was the first person. There was a flower pot there. 
So I put my said, garment. I, I lifted my hand like that. You lifted your hand. Mm-hmm. You, you knelt down and lifted your hand and said, look at my right hand. One day God will ask you that. God will tell you that I sent a white man to come and preach to you, but you didn't listen. So I put my granite in the middle of the flower pot. <laughs> and I ran to the front. And I was, the, I was one of the first people to come to the front. Where were you standing? Far at the back? Far at the back. Last um, at the end. At the end, by the church. You were between, um, you were preaching between S block and P block. I, no, S block and the other block. I think P block. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So you put your thing in the flower pot <laughs> and you ran. And I ran to the front. Wow. And you gave your life. I gave my life to Christ. And a year later, you came back on campus for another campaign. And then I was an usher. And I think he called me to the front. And um, you asked who was here in the church that was saved in the past crusade. So I lifted my hand and he called me to the front. And people have come and given their life to Christ. So he called me to the front and told them, this gentleman gave his life to Christ a year. And today is an usher. And he used to tell you, he told them that so they shouldn't think that they will backslide. They will make it in their Christianity. And it, uh, wow. But then that was in Commonwealth Hall. Wow. To Commonwealth Hall. Wow. So tell them how you, you became a missionary. And um, so I went to medical school and I was in the Kolebu church and um, I was a shepherd there. I graduated and I passed the Kolebu church. But then we graduated from the medical school as a doctor and I was pastoring the church. As were a, you working as a doctor then? You started to work? Yes, I was a house officer and um, I pastored the church and um, we were being prepared for missions because I joined a group of and we're a group in the church that wanted to do missions and serve God. So we're being prepared to be sent as missionaries to um, South America. It started at Brazil, but later it got open anyway. Moving. Moving. Brazil. So, they start. Um, we're going to go to Brazil. And my wife was going to go first with the pregnancy. And. <laughs> And we then give birth and later I'll go and join her because that was the only means by which we could stay there. And um, the time came and uh, um, we sold everything. She was getting ready to go. We gave some things in the house out. We sold the ones that we needed. We thought we could sell and get some money to save. And the week before she was about to leave, I had a message that um, she shouldn't go. She should come t- I should come to Nigeria for a message because the plans had changed. So, we you should come to Nigeria. Nigeria, because you were having campaigns, the healing Jesus campaign. campaign. I yes. sent a message that you shouldn't go, go. You come to, to Brazil. Brazil. Your wife shouldn't move, even though you sold all your things. Yes. <laughs> My father had come to the house to come and pray for me, to release me to go. But then everything, and we had to wait. So then I went and um, I met Bishop, and Bishop said, the plans have changed. I'm not going to Brazil, I'm going to another B. So I should, I can guess. 
I said, oh, maybe Boston or Birmingham. So then he said um, Botswana, but then I'd, I'd had, I had some Botswana in my class in medical school. I'd heard that in Botswana you don't see people, it's just it's a sparse population. And I was wondering what I was going to do there, but he encouraged me. And he said, no, I should go immediately, otherwise he will start mentioning Guinea and... <laughs> So by the grace of God, I was helped and um, I got the mission failed in Botswana. And I've been there for the of God. And we had a camp there a couple of years ago. Very powerful church. Well, I was actually going for another camp. They had over 1,000 people attending the camp. Yeah. And um, how many people have, have come to the Bible school? Um, we have about 26 there now. And 26 people from Botswana are Bible school in Ghana. Yeah. And more, about 50 will go this year. More are coming. More are coming yeah. to All are coming to Bible school. I mean, Botswana pastors. But Botswana is very difficult. They don't like foreigners at all. They don't want foreigners at all in their country. So it's all training more pastors in the whole country. One person. What, or what I would say, one small boy, go here, don't go here, go here, do this. That's it. The islands. Put the scripture back there. Put the scripture back there. Put the scripture. Surely the isles shall wait for me. Yes. Sit down. Thank you. And. One day he came to see me and he came to ask me a question about something personally, personal. And I thought, God, how you people have become quiet. You like Tully. <laughs> now, he came to ask me something personally about something financial. When he finished asking me, I answered him and I thought to myself, even people in America and doctors and others who are living in America cannot ask me this question because they have not reached that level of prosperity. Yeah. They have not reached that level. You see, it is part of the light. Thy light has come. Thy light that is part of this mission missions is a blessing for us. The advice that he asked me, when he, I didn't say anything, I thought to myself, hey, <laughs> people who have gone to America and what have you cannot ask me that question because they, are, they, they have not reached that level at all. For years,
Go back to verse 3. You see the, the, the verse I'm talking about. Verse 3. Isaiah 60 verse 3. Look at it. The Gentiles shall come to thy light. Thy light is the light we have been given. What do you think? Yeah. Thy light. Matthew 6.33 Master key. Master key. Master key. It's our light. That light is our light. And I was thinking, a boy I sent to Botswana, he lifted his hand, I give my life to Christ. Give your life. I have another boy like that, you know. Every time he writes a text to me, he signs, he says, this is so and so, all dead people are still alive. Sign, whatever, all dead people are still alive. That, that is how he signs his text to me. Because I went to University of Science and Technology, Tech, and I preached a message. The message was entitled, All Dead People Are Still Alive. And he was in the congregation. I did an altar call. He didn't come. Then I went for the second time. That's why I said, when we are doing altar call, don't walk around. Second or third time. I said, this is the last call. He said, he doesn't know something. He said, go. A very bad boy. So every time he writes, he says, all dead. This is your son. All dead people are also known as all dead people are still alive. <laughs> AKA all dead people are still That's how he signs. Yes. The light go. You hear it in my message and in my voice and in the songs and in the ministry over and over. Go. Is the blessing go? That's the blessing go. It's a blessing. Look, one of the most difficult things in this world is to prosper. Take it from me. If you like, come with it. Let's discuss after church. Very difficult to prosper wherever you are. <laughs> That's why it's not been easy here. You'd have thought that was automatic. When I get to America, once I land New York shores, that's it. I'm there. <laughs> Once I get there, that's it. I just have to arrive. So here I am, America. I'm here. One of the difficult things is to be rich. Wherever you are. You see, at the base, everybody do a hand like this. Under. At the base of prosperity riches is what we call the blessing of the Lord underlying what undergets and underlines prosperity is God's blessing I will bless thee I will bless you the blessing of the Lord it makes you rich he said I will bless you he told Isaac don't don't go Everybody is going to stay here. Mm-hmm. I will bless you. He told Abraham, Go, I will bless you. What underlines blessings is 
What are the life riches? Is the blessing of the Lord. Listen. That is why. Are you listening? That is why God spoke to Moses and he said to Aaron, he said, Tell and thou shalt speak to Aaron and his sons, and thou shalt say unto them, On this wise shall thou bless the children of Israel. This is the way you bless them. The Lord bless thee. And the Lord keep thee. You see, go back, go back. You see, this is a shepherd's word. That's why I keep on speaking the words over you. Because God sent me to speak blessings and light over you. Look at it. He says, and speak to Aaron and his sons, the the, 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 the priests, the pastors. Yeah, tell them on this wise, this is the way, this is how. You shall bless them. So when I'm saying the blessing to the Lord, you, 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 this camp marks the turning. This camp is this. From today, this is the blessing. Look at it. He said, speak to the priests. Speak to the shepherds and say, on this wise thou shalt bless the children of Israel. Saying unto them, the Lord bless thee. The Lord keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee. The Lord be gracious. Do you know this one? The Lord be gracious. It means the Lord should forgive you. That's why I was telling you that God is a God of 17 chances and more. The Lord be gracious unto thee. The Lord make his face lift up his countenance. Which is similar to the Lord make his face shine on you. Lift up his countenance. Lift up his countenance. Lift up his countenance. Like, like when you go to see an important person. You go to see an important person. You go to see an important person. Then he looks at you and he's like, ah! He's like, ah! It's, like, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing that the person is happy to see you. That he smiled when he saw you. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious forgive you and the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give you peace which is prosperity yeah it's prosperity the juice do your hand again like this do your hand like this at the base at the base of any kind of prosperity is the blessing of the Lord. Yes. Yes. At the base is the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. It maketh a person rich. I like, I like, I like that verse, you know, verse 23. It's like it's a commandment. That's why I keep saying to you, this is the Christ also said, Arise and shine the light. I'm informing you that. Whatever has kept you in darkness, this camp meeting marks the end of that thing in the name of Jesus. On this wise, look at verse 23. He said, look, this is how... And then look, if you go to the next verse, 27, he says, thus shall you place... No, the last after, sorry. Thus shall you put my name. 
Thou shalt put my name. <laughs> thou shalt thou put my name. My name will be on them. On the children of Israel. And I will bless them. I will bless them. And I will bless them. And I will bless them. God will bless you. Go back to 23. Speak unto Aaron. 23. Speak unto Aaron. Speak to the pastors. Yes. The senior pastor and his sons. Say, on this wise, this is how. This is how. On this wise, you shall bless. (laughs) Receive a supernatural. When you hear me telling you, you will be flying. You better believe the prophecies. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that will happen. Yes. The Lord bless thee. And the Lord keep thee. That shall thou put my name. On my children. Are you excited about that? At the, at the foundation, the under of any kind of prosperity is the blessing of the Lord. Yes, it's the blessing of the Lord. Yes. So when you go away from the Lord and you go away from His will and you go away from His plan, you see, you go away from Him. And his blessing and his help in your life. Yes. That's why I said that the prosperity is so mystical. You see, somebody didn't come. The one who stayed prospered. The one who went didn't prosper. The one who went prospered. The one who did this course, the one who rather didn't go to school. Like you see, some of the people play soccer, football. They don't go to school. They are richer than somebody who go to school for 25 years. I mean, you, you can't even understand. Somebody is white, he's probably black, he's prosperous. This is pro- at the bottom of it all is the blessing of the Lord. Wow, that blessing comes on you today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Back to Isaiah 60. Do you like love Isaiah? Wow. The islands shall wait for thee. Wow. The ships of Tashish first to bring thy sons from far their silver and their gold and the name unto the name of the Lord and to the Holy One of Israel. Now notice verse 10. Notice verse 10. The sons of strangers shall build up thy walls. <laughs> this one, when I went to, the first time I went to Israel I asked 
what churches are here. They said, oh, Church of Pentecost, Ghanaian churches, uh, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem. So I said, how does a Ghanaian have a visa or whatever to stay here? Because they are black. You see them immediately. Why, why, why don't they? Because they don't have any legal, many of them don't have any legal way of staying there. And they explained to me, Isaiah, this is from Isaiah. The sons of strangers shall build up thy walls. It's like foreigners and so on will be serving them and working for them. So based on this verse, they allowed them to fulfill the scriptures and just be there fulfilling the scriptures. Wow. And their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee. But in my favor I had mercy on thee. Thank God. A God of many chances. Are you glad you serve a God of many chances? Wow. Therefore thy gates shall be opened continually. And they shall not be shut day or night. That men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles. Money. And their kings may be brought. Hallelujah. Let's go back to verse 9. Surely the isles shall wait for me. Church, let us not joke with our commission. Yes. Let us not joke with it. Young people. Young people. Young people. Are you ready for God? Are you ready to serve God? Yeah. It's not about shouting. Shouting, yeah. It's about doing. It's about doing. When Ernest told me that he was going to go to Nicaragua, I didn't say anything because it's not about talking. I don't really believe when people talk. Bishop, can I see you after church, please? What you were preaching about, God has been speaking to me about it. Bishop, can I have a discussion with you? There's no need for any discussion. The discussion is what I'm preaching. Stop talking. Do it. Plenty talking is enough. Do it. It is our obligation. Obligations of Christians to use all means available. William Carey, the greatest missionary ever, who sparked missions all over the world by his efforts. Mm. Everybody would mention, you see what William Carey did? 
See what William Carey did. He was English. Then came Adoniram Jackson, who was American. Sometimes when somebody does something, he's supposed to inspire you. Yes. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things for God. Others have gone to the islands. Now we must go. The islands are more. Somebody said, what am I going to do on the island? I don't, I don't think I'm ready for full time. Full time is now. We work for God full time. Nobody is interested in God paying. We are not doing business with God. We are just loving God. It's not about pay. You go. You work. Whatever. William Carey, he was a printer. He did. He ran a printing press. He had a job from the British government. He ran a printing press. He used all that. His mission for going there was, 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 was to win India and to translate the Bible. He went out to the stage of 71 and he had a stroke and he died. Was a full time. So he was full time or he was not full time. He never came back to England, he and his wife. He married three women. All this one married, died. This one married, died. This one married, died. The first one was always quarreling with him and accusing him. Yes. So when he was dying on his bed, he told his wife and his family, bury me by my second wife. Don't bury me by the first one. The first one weren't good at the time. Yes. Will you say that William Carey was not full time? Hmm? Will you say that William Carey wasn't good at it? Wasn't full time ministry? His son, Felix Carey, he also became a missionary in Burma. And one day he decided to move to another city and he sat in the, the boat, a canoe, I don't know, full of alligators, the river. Full. He, his wife, their children, three or four children, they all sat in the boat to go to the. When they were going, the boat capsized. His wife and all the children drowned. Yes. Wow. You say that they were full time or not? Who, who are sending them salary? That's why when people say, Brother Dad, take your time. Say, Look, you don't understand. All out. All out to World Cup. World Cup and beyond. Amen. Are you listening to me? Sit down. Wow. The islands are waiting. Islands are waiting. Islands are waiting. God is going to bless us. Let's welcome Ida. Give us a song.
Turn to 
nobody can heal my my soul's diseases. No, 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 not one. No, no, not one. No, 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 nobody like Jesus. Nobody.
Jesus sent me to you. Are you ready to listen? Tell me, do you want to hear it? Did I make a mistake when I called you? Should I have chosen another person or anointed another one? How many times will I give you dreams and visions and powerful convictions? Still, you don't obey. The reason why I'm asking these questions, you take it so lightly. You take me so lightly If I give my heart to you Will you give your heart to me? And if I die for you Will you die for me too? If I shed my blood for you What will you do with it? Will you despise my blood? Or will you treasure it? What is the point of showing so much love when I get so little feedback from the person I love so dearly? I want to know if it all means nothing to you. What I am saying doesn't touch you. You don't care about my mission. The reason why this question you take it so lightly you take me so lightly if I give my heart to you will you give your heart to me will you tear it apart or will you treasure it if I give my blood for you what will you do with it treasure it. If I give my heart to you, oh, tell me, will you tear it apart? Oh, if I give my love for you, oh, will you treasure it? God so loved the world is only begotten oh, whoever believes in Jesus should not perish but have new life God commanded his love toward us oh and while we were yet sinners Jesus died on the cross for sinners see the reason why I am quoting these scriptures Seems you've forgotten all about them. Jesus gave his life for you. What will you do with it? Will you give him your heart? And will you love him back? Jesus shed his blood for you. What will you do with it? Will you despise his blood? Will you treasure it? If I give my heart, my heart to you, yeah. Will you tear it apart? And if I 
one appreciative person who will not take my love for granted. Do you know how long I've been waiting? Have I waited in vain for nothing? It seems like you never really loved me. The reason why I'm speaking this way, you broke my heart. Took me for granted If I give my heart to you Will you give your heart to me And if I die for you Tell me will you die for me too If I give my love, my love, my love What will you do with it Will you tear it apart Or will you treasure it
seats.
Turn with me to Acts. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.